Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories from franchises to subgenres to director and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for a new episode and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. On this episode, I am ranking... The movies that were nominated for Best Picture this year, 2023 Academy Awards, as I did last year as well. There are 10 movies nominated for Best Picture, the the Oscars, and I watched 9 of the 10. Was not able to watch the Avatar sequel, so I can't accurately say where that would have been. Maybe it would have made my list. I doubt it would have been high. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. So when that comes out, I will definitely watch it and do a review of it uh, and maybe do a top five James Cameron movies. Uh, But that one will not be making the list. Spoilers. Uh, But the other nine films I have watched and I have reviewed all of them. So if you want to go back and listen to my individual reviews of all nine Academy nominated films, Uh, You can do that. So I will be ranking the best, in my opinion, the best films uh, that have been nominated this past year. Uh, I have recorded a separate top five of my favorite films that I watched of all films last year. So not necessarily movies that were nominated for Best Picture. So if you want to see what my top five films uh, of my personal top five films of last year, you can look that up. Uh, But this is going to be specifically movies nominated for Best Picture from the Oscars, which gives me an excuse to watch all of the movies that people felt were worthy of being the Best Picture. Um, And I enjoy that. I enjoy seeing all the movies that were nominated. I'd watched a good amount of these movies already, so I didn't have that many movies to fill in the gaps Uh, But I'm glad I did, and I will be giving you and counting down my top five movies that were nominated for Best Picture in the 2023 Oscars, minus one movie that was not on my list. And only there's actually one movie that I hadn't watched until making this list that I would have put on my personal top five list. So there's a movie that would have been added, and when I get to that, I'll say where... Uh, I would have put it, but let's get it started, shall we, with my top five movies nominated for Best Picture at this year's Oscars. Starting off with number five, this is a movie that I thought qualitatively amazing. The craft is there. I can completely understand why this movie is nominated, but it's not a movie or even a genre of films that I necessarily love, Uh, but as many Best Picture nominees and many Best Picture winners are, it is a bummer film. And that is probably one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily enjoy this movie that much because it is sad and it brings up a lot of sad aspects of humankind. And that movie coming in at number five is All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, is a film directed by Edward Berger and based on the classic anti-war novel uh, of the same name written by Eric 
Maria Remarque, uh, a movie that I'm sure everybody was at least assigned to read in high school. Uh, I didn't read any books in high school, but I remember listening to a lot of people discuss it. And uh, I may have seen, I don't know if there was a remake, uh, an earlier version, would not be surprised if this is not the first adaptation of that book. Uh, but it's a movie that I heard good things about and was interested to look into. New came out as a Netflix original. So this movie follows the story of a group of young German soldiers who enlist in World War I and are sent to the Western Front. The film explores the horrors of war and its impact on the soldiers who fight in it, which is one of the many reasons I'm not a big fan of war films. I mean, this one definitely explores the negative aspects of it, where there's plenty of war films that are very much propaganda films. Uh, so because this one explores the horrors of war, it is eh, a bummer. It's, it's, there's nothing very good. It is, it is a bleak and sad and tragic movie, uh, which makes it very understandable why it would be nominated. And because of the quality, the cinematography, uh, the, the sound and, and visuals and all of that, it is a very well-made film. So, I, you know, even though I, I don't think it would should be the, the best picture of the year, um, I do understand its quality, and that is why it is here at number five. The filmmakers aim to create a faithful adaptation of the novel, uh, which was originally published in 1929 and is considered one of the great anti-war novels of its time. The film was shot on location in Europe, including Germany and Belgium. To give an authentic feel, which I thought it's definitely a beautiful film. The cinematography and the sound design are notable aspects of the film. Absolutely gorgeous. Definitely contrast with the dark and bleak subject matter. Uh, the filmmakers use innovative techniques to create an immersive and emotional experience for the audience. The film has been praised for its poignant portrayal of the devastating effects of war and the human cost of conflict. All Quiet on the Western Front is a powerful and timely reminder of the horrors of war and the importance of working towards peace and understanding between nations. Ultimately, it was a bummer for me to watch. Uh, and I, it was a bummer for me to watch by design. They, it, it's, it's intended to be a bummer. If you watch this movie and it's not a bummer, then something is wrong with you, I think. Uh, but despite that, despite not being a movie that I quote unquote necessarily enjoy, I can still appreciate the craft of this movie. And that is why it is on this list. Uh, it is still a very powerful film, despite not being a film that I enjoyed or connected with. I enjoy a movie that makes me feel multiple feelings, that makes me feel like I went on a ride, that makes me care, that make that has heart. Um, I didn't really care about any of the characters in this film. And it, like, even though I kind of knew what it was about and where it was going it, and uh, being able to appreciate the beautiful craft that took to make this film, it wasn't uh, enough for me to really enjoy it or have it any higher than number five. So coming in at number five, my fifth favorite film nominated for best picture of the 2023 Oscars is All Quiet on the Western Front. Moving on to my number four film. Uh, this is a film that at one point was higher on my list. And as I watched movies that I had not yet watched, this movie came down. But this movie, <clears throat> the rest of these movies are all movies that I really enjoyed. These are movies that uh, are fun 
and are not necessarily bummers, even though they may have bummer aspects to them. Uh, but this was a lot of fun and actually made me want to go back and rewatch, which I have yet to do, uh, but to rewatch the original uh, culmination, the original film that these actors and director uh, made many years ago. Uh, but that movie coming in at number four is The Banshees of Inishirin. The Banshees of Inishirin is an Irish comedy drama directed by Martin McDonough, who previously had directed In Bruges with both Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson, who both star in this film as well, as well as Aisling uh, French Chosi and Barry Coogan, who I'm a big fan of, recently watched Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I really enjoyed that, I believe. I don't know where that went. I just recently did uh, ranked Yorgos Lanthimos films, and that was definitely one of my favorite of his films. Uh, I don't know if it took the top spot, but I'm definitely a big fan of Barry Coogan. He, his character in this is actually kind of similar in some ways to his character in that movie. Um, Love this movie. It was a lot of fun. This movie tells the story of two lifelong friends uh, that find themselves at an impasse uh, when one abruptly ends their relationship. Uh, it's a movie about the end of a friendship, which you don't see. You know, there's plenty of movies about breakups in relationships, about romantic relationships. It is very rare to see a movie about a breakup in a friendship and is interesting because, especially for me and I'm sure many other people, over the events of the last decade, but more specifically the pandemic, I think there's I think people have reevaluated their friendships in a lot of ways and seeing how some people really have leaned into their beliefs and their skepticism and maybe their delusion and people's desire to cut the toxic people out in order to focus on their life, to focus on a passion, maybe, which is something that this character does. This person is cutting out his friend, a friendship, so he can pursue a passion, right? And this movie is also what could be the birth of a lifelong feud. Uh, the, the ups and downs, the crazy places this movie goes is, is kind of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, absolutely beautiful location this movie was filmed at. It's like a fictional island off the coast of Ireland. It's supposed to be during, I believe, the 1920s, if I remember co correctly. So a very interesting time and place and a very small town where there's not a lot you can't avoid like in modern days and if you're in a city or whatever you can if you mo most people just kind of end friendships by just they kind of go in different directions where when you're in a small place where there's only one pub and you both go to that pub to drink you both enjoy going to drink at that pub you can't avoid the other person so you have to be you have to confront them and you have to tell them that you are breaking up with them very very uncomfortable uh, but makes for some funny, dark comedy in this movie. And also some very tragic characters. Barry Kukin's character, pretty tragic uh, in the mix of this movie as well. Definitely a fun watch, though. I could definitely relate to a lot of aspects of this, as I have in my life cut out people that I, in order to for me to focus on my self to focus on my passions and my path and to also cut out people that are toxic which is not necessarily the 
reasoning behind their breakup in this movie. But overall, I enjoyed this movie. It is solid, good film, uh, but didn't hit necessarily as hard as my top three movies. So even though I definitely enjoyed it far more than uh, and is still a well-made movie, well-written, well-acted, well-performed, interesting movie. Uh, it didn't make my top three, obviously, because coming in at number four is The Banshees of Inishirin. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high-quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite movie. This movie, I would not say is despite it being my third favorite movie in this list of nominated best pictures this is not a movie that i would say is traditionally a type of movie that wins or gets nominated maybe more recently as they've opened up the best picture category to be uh open to 10 movies instead of i believe five that was the previous amount or maybe somewhere in between there um to allow for more fun type of nominations. Uh, this is a movie I had a blast watching uh, and a movie that was very successful this year, but is a movie. I, I don't, I, I would be disappointed if this movie won the best picture, but it is definitely a movie that I had a lot of fun watching and because, and it's a very, the type of fun that this movie provides does it in a way that I think is very unique. And it's, and it's an experience that you really can't find in any other movie. Um, so I think part of that is why I enjoyed it so much. And my joy of this movie is why it's at three. This movie is like a fun ride. And uh, coming in at number three, my third favorite movie nominated for Best Picture, the 2023 Oscars is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick is an action film directed by Joseph uh, Kaczynski. And is a sequel to the 1986 film Top Gun, obviously, where you have Tom Cruise as the star reprising his role as Pete Maverick Mitchell, along with Miles Teller playing the son of Goose. He plays Rooster. You have John Hamm as one of the people. You have Jennifer Connelly as a love interest. And uh, definitely by far the most entertaining piece of military propaganda, uh, the pilot, uh, the plot of this movie, I should say, follows Maverick as he mentors a new generation of pilots and uh, including one of which is the son of Goose played by Miles Teller as Rooster and uh, facing new challenges and confronting his past. The, the trauma of Goose dying, spoilers for the original Top Gun, is a big source of trauma in this movie and acts as a brilliant way to instantly add stakes to everything that we're seeing to all of the action. So I love that the the Jennifer Connelly character is based on a character that is only mentioned for a second in the first movie. 
but the the primary enjoyment for me watching Top Gun Maverick is the f- the the plane moments. It is Tom Cruise doing a an impossible mission as he is great at doing. I will watch any impossible mission Tom Cruise does in any franchise of movie. Um, and it feels like the scenes where it is inside the cockpit, you feel as the audience, you feel like you're inside the cockpit with these actors as they're flying, doing these things, doing these maneuvers. It is so much fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, a really fun basic story. The enemy, very vague. Right. They don't explicitly say who the enemy is. So despite being military propaganda, it's something that can avoid any kind of uh, criticisms about who the enemy might be. It's a very ambiguous enemy Um, and it's got a good amount of heart. The the kind of the emotions that Maverick and Rooster both have towards each other, towards the loss of Goose and how that has affected both of them differently from the perspective of the son and the perspective of the partner um, adds a lot of heart, adds a lot of emotion. And there's a lot of uh, great moments, great action scenes, um, just a great visual spectacle and a lot of fun. And as I said, I will watch Tom Cruise do any impossible mission in this franchise or the one of that name of Mission Impossible. Uh, the one scene, the one aspect of this movie that I thought was absolutely ridiculous and didn't need to be there was the beach football scene where they're playing offense and defense at the same time. It is stupid. doesn't make any sense. The only reason they did it was to get another scene similar to the volleyball scene where they could have, you know, dudes with their shirt offs on the beach playing a game, having fun. It is dumb. It doesn't need to be there. And uh, aside from that, Top Gun was uh, a great box office success, grossed seven hundred million dollars uh, worldwide, uh, and the film success has led to talks of maybe a sequel, which would be great. I'm sure Tom Cruise would love to fly in jets some more, and uh, it would be interesting. I don't know where they would go with it. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun, but I hope they don't go to that well too much. I don't mind just watching Tom Cruise and more Mission Impossible movies. I don't think we need a franchise of Top Gun movies. I think this was it's amazing that they were able to make a sequel to Top Gun that was so much fun and I would say so much better than the original. And that's why Top Gun is at number three for pure entertainment value alone. I mean, the performances were okay. The writing was okay. All that stuff is okay. This is not an Academy Award Best Picture. This is a movie that is just plain and simple fun and exciting. And, like, it it doesn't, aside from that football scene, doesn't really take anything away from the enjoyment of the film. Uh, So that, coming in at number three, my third favorite film nominated, just a little fun one in there, Top Gun Maverick, my third favorite film nominated for Best Picture at the 2023 Oscars. Moving on to my second favorite film nominated for Best Picture at the 2023 Academy Awards. This is a movie I watched recently in making this list. I was blown away with this movie. It was a movie, this is the movie that would have been on my top five list. And it may have been at the same slot, maybe a slot lower. But this is a movie that is by far not only one of my favorite movies 
nominated for Best Picture, but one of my favorite movies, period, from last year. Coming in at number two, just a movie that, like, started off, I didn't like it, and then a turn happens about an hour in, and then it becomes this movie that I can't, I, it's, like, so amazingly good, I couldn't help it. I had so much fun watching this movie. Coming in at number two is The Triangle of Sadness. It, this movie easily would have been either my number two or number three on my top five. Either it would have been uh, below RRR or above RRR, but it would have been on that list somewhere for sure. I would have taken out Glass Onion and put this movie in uh, because this movie was amazing. It makes me want to watch more movies uh, by this director, which Triangle of Sadness is a movie, is a satirical drama directed by Ruben Ostrand, also co-written by him as well. Uh, the film stars Woody Harrelson, Harris Dixon, uh, Charlie Dean Creek, and uh, many other uh, actors and actresses. The movie is about a couple, a model couple, uh, who are both models slash influencers who get uh, an opportunity to go on a luxury yacht kind of vacation with other ultra wealthy people on this this luxury yacht right and uh they things take a turn i don't want to spoil this movie i don't want to talk about this movie too much i did review this movie on monday's episode so if you want to listen to my full unfiltered unadulterated thoughts i did do a non-spoiler section but m the majority of that review is spoilers because I wanted to talk about the insanity that happens in this movie. But there's uh, this movie takes a turn about an hour in and this movie starts where this movie starts, which I didn't like where and where this movie goes. Had no idea. Don't watch the trailer. Don't read the descriptions. Don't even don't look at anything. Just go and watch and hit play and watch this movie, especially if you've ever worked in the service industry. Absolutely amazing movie. So glad I didn't know anything going into it. It surprised me where this movie went. The levels of insanity this movie goes to. I, I love this movie so much. Right? I had was not thinking the movie like at all. Liking the movie at all. Right? When this movie started for the first hour. But all of that, like you can't have the pleasure without the pain. And that first hour is kind of painful kind of painful a little bit annoying a little bit grating but it does a perfect job that is necessary for you to form an opinion about these people before the turn happens before things go a little bit crazy and uh, I appreciate this movie I was laughing I was cheering I was cackling I was like so viscerally moved by this movie in every way disgust like reeling, cheering, cackling, just cheering. It's just amazing, like feeling sad, feeling depressed, feeling annoyed. Like I had all of the emotions watching this movie. Was absolutely so surprised. Had an absolute blast watching it, right? The film explores interesting themes of class and race and beauty and the cult of celebrity and, and the modern society. Also, the, the dynamics, the, the cultural dynamics, social dynamics between people who have money or who have beauty versus those who do all of the work, right? You see how people are treated um, so differently depending on their financial status or their means of employment. 
and how that can completely change so drastically when everything gets stripped away and the power dynamics that flip in this movie and the person who previously was at the bottom is now at the top and vice versa and it is there's no better feeling at all woody harrelson has a great small little part in this where he plays the yacht captain um amazing i love him in this even though he's just in a small part and uh the movie made me feel all of the emotions as i said right i was all over the place it was an emotional ride it was a, a, a visual ride it was a story a ride i had no idea where it was going you know i went from annoying and irritated and angry and sad to happy and joyed and surprised it's amazing I absolutely love this movie, and that is why coming in at number two, my second favorite movie nominated for Best Picture is Triangle of Sadness. Amazing. I want to watch the other movie, the other movies that guy's directed to. Definitely uh, instantly a fan of his. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote. Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Uh, so moving on to my number one, my favorite movie nominated for a Best Picture. This is also the movie that I think will win. This is also, I hope, will win. Um, and this is also, to spoil, maybe, I the movie that I loved of last year in general. This made my top list of 2022 of movies that I saw. And it is here at number one of the movies nominated for Best Picture. My favorite movie of last year that is also nominated for Best Picture, the 2023 Oscars. Coming in at number one is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I love the directors. I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. I love the creativity of this movie. Um, as I said, same movie as my number one of my personal list. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a science fiction action film comedy co-directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinart, the Daniels, as they're referred to, they previously had directed my favorite movie of 2016 called Swiss Army Man. Uh, this movie stars Michelle Yeoh, uh, Stephanie Hsu, Kihoi Ki Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curtis, among other people. The film blends elements of science fiction, action, comedy to create a unique and thrilling experience for the audience. Uh, it features stunning visual effects and creative uh, use of the sound design and con to convey different ideas of the multiverse to convey the idea. I mean, multiverse is the concept of that is so prevalent in so many pieces of pop culture. But I think this movie handles that and utilizes that idea in the most creative way. Uh, the film also explores themes of identity, of memory, and the nature of reality, as well as family and mother-daughter relationships, as well as uh, 
you know, the second generation immigrant story. I believe second generation, right? And uh, what that's like for people whose parents or grandparents aren't from here and have migrated here and started a life here and how difficult that is for somebody who's raised here and, and is and has been more uh, blended into this culture and not as attached to their pre- their previous generation's culture. It deals with all of those things in an absolutely beautiful way. A movie about life and the many paths as well that you can take in life. Uh, the critics praise this film for its bold and original storyline as well as its strong performances and direction. Obviously, this people in this movie, actors, directors, it's been winning all kinds of awards, so I feel like the momentum, it feels like I would not be surprised at all if this wins. I hope it does. It deserves it. It is, from the ground up, created in an original way, done outside of the standard ways movies are made especially using special effects the creativity in this movie is similar to the creativity that exists in swiss army man and is something that from the ground up makes this movie so original in addition to all of the other pieces this is an amazing movie that combines a a massive amount of different pieces in a way that is so complex yet yet seamlessly blended together to illustrate this amazingly unique story. And it's a film uh, obviously praised for its representation of Asian American actors and its themes, as well as the inclusion of LGBTQ plus characters as well. Overall, Everything Everywhere All at Once is a visually stunning and emotionally resonant film that pushes the boundaries of science fiction storytelling. The Daniels also, like I said, made my favorite film of 2016, Swiss Army Man. Both films, absolutely so creative, so imaginative. And this film definitely steps up in every way is a step up. And it's just like, it's amazing. It will be amazing to see what these guys do next, right? From great action scenes, right? This movie has so much heart. I love this movie. I love every movie that has heart like heart is something that really will allow me to enjoy a movie far more and it's interesting the films that I enjoy that are specifically devoid of heart right Yorgos Lanthimos perfect example of somebody that has a very flat and stale kind of perspective but is so creative with his storytelling where this so creative storytelling so creative direction visuals all of that but also so much heart makes you like wakens my cold dead beating heart um right this movie will make me laugh and also make me cry and i love being on an emotional journey uh if a movie can take me on uh, on that kind of emotional journey i i love it and uh this movie has everything right it's a one-of-a-kind ride just immense amount of heart uh, and uh, so happy to see all of the success that it's getting uh, at the many different award shows and award events. I hope it wins Best Picture. I hope it sweeps. I hope they win. I hope everybody wins. I hope every award that they're nominated for, they win. I really do. I would not feel bad about it at all. <laughs> I would like love it. I absolutely love this movie. And I, the moment I saw this movie last February whenever it came out, right? Almost a year, over a year ago, this movie came out. I knew it was my, I was looking forward to it when I saw it. I was like, this is going to be my favorite movie. Movies got close. RRR was a lot of fun. Triangle of Sadness was a lot of fun. Would have loved to see RRR nominated, obviously. 
issues because it's a foreign film. But uh, this is a movie I knew it was going to be, and I'm glad that it still is uh, at the top of my list. Uh, so coming in at number one, my favorite movie nominated for Best Picture at this year, the year 2023 Academy Awards, is, and I hope wins, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Honorable mentions, of course, Avatar, Way of Water, didn't watch it. <laughs> Um, I'm also not super excited to watch it. Obviously, I will whenever it comes out on streaming. Uh, I think during the summer, it will be on Disney+. Plus, and I will probably do a whole James Cameron-themed week. Probably watch both and review both Avatar movies and probably do a top five of the James Cameron films, his, his filmography. Uh, but I didn't watch it. I know it wouldn't have been my number one. It may have been on my list for sure. It definitely could have been better. I sh- would not have been surprised if it was at the number five spot or maybe even at the number four spot, but I didn't watch it, so I can't add it to the list. So that should be known that Avatar Way of Water was not in consideration for my list because I did not get to watch it. But the other movies nominated for Best Picture that did not make the list, Tar, uh, which I have done reviews of all of these movies that didn't make the list, Um, Tar is an interesting movie. I just don't connect with that director. And uh, the story was kind of interesting, but ultimately left me wanting. I I didn't really enjoy it and I didn't really get that much out of it. Uh, The Fablemans, I it's an okay. That's a fun, you know, family movie about an artist that does not struggle whatsoever, that has all kinds of support from everyone around him that barely has to deal with any hurdles that kind of gets everything handed to him on a platter um it is the least uh the the saddest expression of a struggling artist movie uh i i was very unimpressed it's a fun movie but ultimately i don't think it should have even been nominated i understand why tar would be nominated uh women talking very interesting movie i can kind of see why that is nominated as well uh, I reviewed that. It's a movie that I didn't really connect with, uh, but it was interesting. I did like it. Um, and then Elvis, I think, is the worst movie. I don't think that should have been nominated. I think the what they did with um, Tom Hanks in that is ridiculous. Whatever. The fact that he is wearing a fat suit and doing this bonkers accent throughout this whole movie is ridiculous. I like some of the editing. I definitely think it could win Best Editing. He's very interesting visual style. I think the kid is great as Elvis. I don't understand why they would throw a fat suit on Tom Hanks, but then just rely on this kid to gain weight. He just feels bloated, not really like fat Elvis. Like, they could have put him in a fat suit. I mean, if they're doing the fat suit thing, which I'm not a fan of the fat suit thing, but if they're doing it already, might as well make fat Elvis look like fat Elvis. But regardless, it shouldn't be nominated. I will be super upset. This is out of the movies. Even though I haven't seen Avatar, Elvis is the worst movie that is nominated for Best Picture. Like, it's it's some fun music. It's doing some... It's a fun movie that's doing an interesting thing. But uh, musical biopics in general are, like, not great. And uh, anyway, Elvis, not even close to getting on my list. Uh, But let me recap my list and we'll get out of here. This is my top five movies nominated for Best Picture at the 2023 
Oscars. Starting off with number five is All Quiet on the Western Front. Number four is The Banshees of Inishirin. Number three is Top Gun Maverick. Number two is Triangle of Sadness. And my number one favorite movie that is nominated for Best Picture Oscar at this year's Academy Awards is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It is the movie that I hope and I feel deserves the best picture. And I love all of the love that that movie is getting. Uh, and let me know how you would rank the your top five movies that are nominated for Best Picture. I would love to hear it. Let me know where you think Avatar would be. I'm sure the people that love Elvis will take their opportunity to tell me how wrong I am about that movie not even deserving to be nominated. Uh, but an interesting chunk of movies. Uh, and... Uh, my top five list, I stand by it. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's so solid of a list for me. And if you want to go back and listen to my explanation of it, feel free to go re-listen to this whole episode. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my rankings and analysis of my top five picks for the best picture nominated movies of the 2023 Academy Awards. Let me know again how you would rank them. I would love to hear it. Are there any films that you wish were nominated for best picture? Uh, I'd love to hear that too. But don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all new episode of Top 5 and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube if you're watching this. And see you again next week for more Top 5. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.